Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. So, the year is 2002, and I was only 19 years old, and we were starting a church, a church in my garage. Uh, my mom and dad, they had traveled to visit my sister in Europe at the time. They were spent about two months out of the house, and I had the entire house to do crazy stuff, like plant a church. And this also was the uh, Soccer World Cup of 2002, which, by the way, Brazil won. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And it, it seems that everything just, like, converted to make it a perfect church plant. And I had to set up a tent every weekend. We had no idea where we were doing. We only had passion and vision. The pastor that, were, that was leading the church plant challenged me in the first few weeks of that church plant for me to take the leadership of the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. And I said, let me pray because I need a word. I need a vision. I know that without a vision, I can go farther. It's just going to be excitement. It's just going to be just youth um, uh, stirring that it very easily you're going to, you know, quench the way. I don't want that. I want a real vision from God. And from all the books of the Bible that I could find a vision... God brought me to the book of Numbers. Yeah, some of you guys don't even know there's such book in your Bible, Numbers. And so there I was in this event, very particular, most of us know, is the moment that, the, that Moses allowed spies to take a look in the promised land. And that's actually the title of my message today. View versus vision. We all need a vision, not only a view. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Once again, we yield, we surrender, we give you permission to speak in areas of our hearts and minds that no one, no human word can ever speak. Just feel and bring a new atmosphere, bring in revelation, insight, transformation, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody in this room once again say, Amen and Amen. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. There was the word I received. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. I love the word overcome it in that vision. And that actually named my network at the time. We called them the possessors of the land, which doesn't sound nice in English, but in Portuguese it's pretty nice. And we called it, we made a branding, and it just caught, you know, it was just a movement of, of young people, you know, being saved. And from about, uh, we were about 20 uh, teenagers, and after leading them for seven years, we were more than 400 uh, teenagers and high schoolers in this movement. So it was a great movement that God uh, gave me the opportunity to lead. So I believe that this 
is indeed a year of acceleration. This is the prophetic word that is upon us. And I really believe this acceleration will take place in various areas of your life. We don't say this lightly. You don't say this just to motivate you, just to give you a positive thinking every weekend. We want you to believe in this prophetic word. In other words, if you just get this as a moment of encouragement every week, you always are going to need that um, boost, that fill up, that feeling of encouragement. And when you face trials, you're going to give up. You need to receive this as the word of God. Because God has acceleration for your business. Some here thought it would take years to be known and have a piece of the market. But because of one connection, because you are believing in a greater measure, God is thrusting you to a new level of sales and customer service. And, and we are really intentional in this matter this year as well. Because I really believe that we are building with Pastor John Wharton. Come on, let's give a hand to Pastor John. He's there. And, and uh, our leader, uh, Rafael Nicolini, Rafa, he's also, they are, they are building up this new project, which is not new. It's actually a movement that Pastor John led for years. The Business Professional Network here at Vine Southwest Florida Church. We want to build up this movement. So please, if you want to, if you are a professional in any area, if you work, if you have a trait, or even if you have a desire to open a business, if you want, you know, a little piece of brain in the area of business and marketplace, in March, we will have our first seminar for professionals and business owners here in Vine Church. Look for these two guys. We're going to get these connections happen here and beyond our uh, church. But also I believe that God has acceleration for relationships. I hear couples saying that it took them 20 years to finally get along. But I prophesy that all our newlyweds, two, three years married, they're going to experience right now love, harmony, intimacy, even now. Come on somebody, if you believe with me. So acceleration in our ministry. And now I, I, I am speaking this uh, as I, I prophesy in our conference. We had this weekend for educators, parents, and kids ministry leaders. The word in Amos chapter 9 verse 13 says that the plowman, the one that works the soil, will be overtaken by the reaper. Now this is very important. We have this perspective. How this can even happen? And a very good illustration that came to my mind, I believe in my spirit, is what we are experiencing in our kids' ministry. Because a lot of churches and even believers, they see kids, and I'm speaking four years old, seven year old uh, kids, uh, as just this raw soil, this sod that may be one day good to receive the seed of the word of God. And eventually, if all circumstances contribute, that child will become a faithful Christian. And we have this expectation as plowmen that we are just preparing the soil. And we even sustain that with a proverb that says, if you teach your child in the way of the Lord, when they are old, they're never going to get astray. Which gives us the sense in the Old Testament that time 
there is time for everything. But in times of acceleration, like Amos prophesied, that the days are upon us, that the plowman will be overtaken by the reaper. It means that the child that we thought there was only a raw sod, soil, that one day could become a Christian, now, even now, four years old, seven-year-old, little child will become disciple-makers. In other words, they will become reapers right now. And I wonder, is that even possible? It is. Now, so I just want to hands here. If you, as a parent, uh, if you want, I, I know I can see some of the faces here, but if you as a parent, if one of the reasons you are here with us in Vine Church, as a parent, as an adult, if one of the reasons, I know there are many reasons, praise Jesus for that, but if one of the reasons you are here is because you see your child growing the Lord and you feel encouraged to commit yourself with our church. Any parents in the house feel encouraged to be with us, Vine Church, because of your child, raise one of your hands. Let me see, very high, very high. I, I know you, I know you, and I know you're here because of your child. Look around. I really know this. And this is exactly, go back to Amos. This is exactly what Amos is telling us. Your child that you thought, you, maybe you thought could be just a, a, a sod, just this, this plain field, it's becoming a reaper because you are responding to your child's growth. And, and, and believe me, it is beyond that. It is beyond that because some of these children, they are becoming already disciple makers. Say amen, everybody. Hallelujah. I wish to take a picture from you guys. Because it is real. It's taking place right now. All right. So I really believe in this acceleration in our ministry as well. We work in Vine Church in semesters or seasons. Uh, we found out this pace which is helping us every semester to have opportunities to reconnect, make rearrangements uh, between leaders and members. Which, by the way, I want to just say this uh, publicly because some of you guys feel constrained that um, you don't feel connected to your group and you don't want to just offend anyone in your WhatsApp group, in your message group, that you don't want to be in that group this season. You feel that maybe there are another group for you, another group waiting for you. Let me say something. One of the reasons we make the seasonal life group is just to promote these rearrangements. Okay, so don't feel constrained, don't feel awkward. It is okay because sometimes you are just not fit for that family-based group or that elderly-based group or that teenage group because now you are becoming a college student. So every semester we want that to happen. Amen. So we are saying this because uh, uh, this seasonal aspect has many intentions. And one of the intentions is also to give a break to our hosts. Because, you know, after hosting a live group for four months, five months, sometimes you just want a new couch, right? You, like having stinking teenagers coming after the icebreaker, which is not an icebreaker. It's a sweat-making thing outside. It's happened every Friday in my house. Two life groups of teenagers. I don't have a couch. I have some sort of rug that people sit on. 
Anyways, so every season gives us as a host a break. But another reason is to promote new leaders. But I really believe that we are in a time such as Amos prophesied that even this season, before the season ends, many leaders will experience multiplication. Come on, somebody. Many leaders, we're going to see surprising connections and growth in your group that you will have to multiply your group. Now, one element that we can't miss in times of acceleration is vision. Proverbs chapter 29, and I'm reading the King James Version, the old school one, says, Where there is no vision, the people perish or the people are discouraged. In the Christian Standard Bible says, without revelation, people run wild. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. So we need more than a view. We need a vision. A view speaks of a way of understanding something. It is an opinion. It is a theory. A vision, however, speaks of something you know is true because you saw it. Either literally you gaze or in your heart. Because you know that some of the dreams that God placed in your heart is more real than what the evidences of your eyes are speaking and looking to you. Are you guys with me? So it's not necessarily something that you only literally with your bare eyes saw it it can be some vision from within while a view is an occasional intention or a potential prospect a vision is a dream you're willing to pursue with all you have it is a goal toward which one has a soul aspiration what we need is more vision we need fewer views in the church to reach what the Lord has for us. I don't know if, how many of you guys had the opportunity to come with us when we were still uh, with the chance to move to this building. We made a launch outside and I preached that week that you, I need your imagination. How many of you guys remember this word? Imagination. And I ask you to imagine an idea there that I was trying to develop your vision, not your view, because your view was a temporary perspective. And when we have a vision, this clear image implanted by the Lord within our hearts, that is what I'm talking about. So let's consider again Numbers 13 and find principles that can give us vision instead of a view. First principle, a view makes one focus on the problems but a vision gives focus to the promises so you don't want to have only a view because with a view you are focused in problems instead of in the promise we know there were 12 spies but only two of them joshua and caleb they kept the right vision the other 10 only had a view of the promised land. Numbers 13, 32. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out. Saying the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devoured 
cities, its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. So the view of the spies made them focus in their own weaknesses, their inabilities. When they compare themselves, they lost faith. And if you, if you go after this book, book of Numbers, Moses reveals to us in his last book, which by the way, maybe you don't know this, but Moses is uh, it's considered the author of the five first books of the Bible. We call this collection the Pentateuch, which is interesting. Some uh, nations, some languages, instead of calling Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they call Moses 1, Moses 2. So let's go to Moses, Moses 5, which is Deuteronomy. In Moses 5, Moses has his last chance to persuade the people of Israel to not incur in the same mistakes they had fallen for 40 years and in this honest conversation he's having with the people of Israel now probably with more than two million people getting into a new land he reveals to us in the very first chapter that God never intended the people to spite it out the land God already had given the land with a promise he doesn't need the people to see it and be discouraged Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. See that the Lord, your God, has set the land before you. Go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. So God had gave you a promise. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you, Moses is revealing something here that happened came near and said, let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and bring us word again the way by which we must go up in the cities into which we shall come. So you notice that God never planned that. But the lack of vision makes you lose sight of the promise. So they were looking, they were seeking to have a vision with the visual aspect of the land but what makes you to have a vision is not the ability to actually see with your eyes but to believe in the promise I don't know if you guys are getting this principle here because before we stood in this building here we already knew the Lord will bring us to a greater place we couldn't see with our bare eyes it was amazing when finally what we what we had as a vision in our heart became an actual material tangible aspect but until that point was only not only it was the promise which is enough say amen which is supposed to be enough the word of God and let me say something people that are attached to only the natural things they can grasp they can see with their eyes they develop a weak view of the things, not a vision. And let me prove that to you because that people that had a gaze, a sight over the promised land and forgot the promise. Look what happened verse 26. Yet you would not go up but rebel against the command of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, 
Because the Lord hated us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt. Are you serious you're seeing such a thing? Now, do you guys remember who is speaking this? These are people that for 400 years had, what is the name of the thing that, you know, slaves and horses receive, forgot, the weep. They were whipped for 400 years as slaves. And now they're saying that the deliverance from slavery is an expression of God hating them? Where? It doesn't make any sense. But this is the problem of people that comes and only have a view of things. I know. I'm just going to be open my heart and honest with you guys. I have not, nothing to hide. People that did not follow with the process with us. To first have a vision in this, for this building. Pay attention to what I'm saying. I don't want to offend anyone. I just want to show you what happened. Okay. We brought you guys early here so you could develop vision. But some people did not follow up with us. They just suddenly came and look around. They said, oh my goodness. I know this little pastor. I know this church. They're a bunch of young people. They, they barely have money to themselves. And, and believe me, the same kind of murmuring start to creeping in among some brothers in our church. Because they were only having a view instead of grow their vision for our church. Again, I don't want to offend you, but that's the problem of the people of Israel. They, instead of seeing that as a fulfillment of a promise, they said to themselves, God hates us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us in the hand of the Amorites, the enemy. God is actually trapping us. It's an ambush. He wants to destroy us in the hand of the enemy. What in the world you're thinking such a thing? Is the problem of a view who has only a view Always focusing problems instead of the promises. They spoke about the problem, but nothing about the promised land. Caleb and Joshua, the men of vision, they did not speak the problems, but only the good things of the land. So if you compare the saying of Numbers 13, which is the report of the ten fearful spies... In the report of Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 14, let's take a look over there. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. Verse 8, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it us to Give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now what a difference of perspective. The same View or the same, sorry, the same image, the same land, but why one group in Numbers 13 says, The land which through we have gone to spy is a land that devours its inhabitants. The other group, the man of vision, runs toward the promise 
because of their vision beyond the natural appearance of the challenge. And they say differently. They are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So believe me. More than money. Natural resources or strategies. One must have a vision. We need faith in the promise. And that builds a vision. Do you have a promise of God for your family? Believe it. Do you have a promise of God for your ministry? Believe it. When we have a vision, we don't have time to focus in the problems. We are after solutions in order to fulfill that vision. The principle here is that whatever you focus on, it will grow. Oh, that, that, that deserves a tweeter. Come on, somebody. Just thinks on a telescope or an amplifier, magnifying glass. Whatever you focus on, it will grow. What about you maximize the promise of God in your life? What about you spend time into focus in the promise of God and see what is going to grow inside of your heart? Fear or faith? So it starts leading, it's time to start, it is time to start leading a group now. It is time for you to go to that course now. It is time for you to open that business now. It is time now. Number two, a view may stop you, but a vision makes you move forward faster. Let me hear a good amen, somebody. So, I don't know how many of you guys ever competed in some sort of race or track that at the end, you can see the finish line. It is almost like a spiritual experience. Now, I'm saying this out of my own experiences, not experience, that when you have no drop of energy, at least your body is communicating that to your nerves and muscles, but suddenly at the very end of that race, you have a gaze of the finish line, some weird thing happens. You have that boost of some place of energy. Your decaying body can keep running despite of all the pain and discomfort because you are focused, you are aiming, and you are running to the very end. Look what I found in Psalm 119. Yes, we're going to read the largest psalm right now. Come on, are you guys ready? 119. But let's read just a portion. Look what the psalmist says. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Remember, in the new, we're in the new covenant, so change that to the word of the Lord. It will be better fit for our new covenant. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Who seek him with their whole heart. Who also do no wrong. But walk in his ways. This is the third verse. And he's always talking about moving. Walking. Verse 4. You have commanded your precepts to be kept 
diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Verse 6, then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Real vision makes you move forward and not talk about it. I have young leaders that come to me and say, Pastor, what do you think about this project? And sometimes it's about the media, sometimes it's about the live streaming, sometimes it's about a LED, you know, screen in the back. You see, they're super excited with their view, but few of them are willing to walk toward that vision. It's, it's interesting because they're very excited, but I feel I, I don't see them getting excellency in getting new skills and going to the really guys, free courses online. To really know how to manage that software that without someone managing that, it is useless to have an LED panel in the back. <laughs> he's saying out loud. It's not me. So he's exposing himself. But the problem is when people come to me and say they have these amazing ideas, but they're only view because he's not producing walk. He's not, 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 not making them to move forward. Words without action are only illusion, not a vision. It is a view, a fake dream, but a view, but a vision fuels your passion. Show me a passionate leader and you'll find a leader with vision and running, functioning, toiling to make that vision a reality. So I, I want you to listen to me in, with good ears. Better than me. Let's read it again. Psalm 119 verse 6. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. You must have a spiritual vision for your family. And a biblical perspective of what God has for your life. And don't think that it's something mystical or something hard to find. What is this, Pastor, you're talking about? I don't have such a dream. I don't aspire greater things. You aspire things already. There's some seeds of vision inside of your spirit. It's not me saying that. Philippians chapter 2, 13. For it is God who works in you. Say with me, in you. Say in you. So it's, it's there. And what does God work? Both to will and to work for His good pleasure. I'm not talking on carnal desires. I'm not talking about the selfish desire. I'm not talking about that the only person benefited out of it is only yourself. I'm talking that dream that you know will result in families being blessed. People being reached by the gospel. And, and really families having a new opportunity. You're going to, you have this dream inside of you. Number three, a view brings fear while a vision gives value. The ten fearful spies decided to die in the desert rather than to fight for the promise. Joshua and Caleb, the visionary conquerors, were ready to die fighting for the promised land rather than saying or staying 
one more day in the desert. And I don't know about you, but I really believe that God has the best of the land for each one of us. The Lord is inviting us to believe in His grace in a greater level. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though you, your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. I know for us, Floridians, it's hard to understand this beautiful imagery here. But you have Google sometimes for that. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, again, I don't want you to hear that with the ears of old covenant. The obedience of the new covenant is the obedience of faith. It's to believe God and take it God for his word. That's the obedience of the New Testament. Which consequentially will uh, bring forth the other obediences that the commandments of the law brings. But it deserves another preaching. Let me read verse 19 again in the New American Standard Bible that says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. What I'm insisting is that God has promises that are meant to become vision inside of you. That is so clear, so sharp, clear, bright in your eyes, in your heart. That nothing will detour you from pursuing that vision. Regarding your ministry, regarding your family, regarding your life. We are meant to be egos. Isaiah 40, 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and do not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yeah, we all know that wild chickens may live by their short, distant view perspective, always hunting crumbs and bugs and worms in the ground. Eagles soar fast and have that swoop diving that in some breeds of eagle, it is even possible to reach to 200 miles per hour. That is acceleration right that is the, and the idea here is that the, the eagle was created by God with such ability to, fought, to fly faster and, and powerfully, majestic like that. Because eagles, they eat fresh meat. They really like a good picanha fresh. Sometimes so middle well. Middle. Just like media, not, not really not very cooked. In the vision 
of an eagle gives that amazing animal the ability to see an animal at the size of a rabbit at a distance of more than three miles away. That's what I'm talking about, about vision. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. And from this height, from this distance, I'm going to place you right now. I want you to receive vision today. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive, made us egos together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Come on, let's shout a praise to God just for this statement. By His grace, you have been saved. But there's more, verse 6. Because you are made an eagle with Christ, you can soar up with Him. And you are seated with Him in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. What I'm trying to say is that if you don't have this heavenly perspective, everything you have is a view. But when I speak about vision, I'm speaking about dreams inside of your heart, even for your family, for your life group, that will result in salvation by grace. People will feel and receive salvation by grace expressed through your 